everyone! Welcome back to Capes and Japes. It's dark. <laughs> it's dark now. Uh, the darkness is upon us. The darkness has come for us uh, in the literal sense. It's daylight savings. Or it's... I forget which... When which time is daylight savings and which time is not daylight savings? But we changed the clocks, and uh, it is now the period of the year where it is dark for the whole time that I'm recording the podcast. I still have some light, which is good for me. Um, yes, but I mean it's nice in the morning when we're walking the dogs mm-hmm. because sun come up <laughs> yes sun have sun for dogs um but also uh <laughs> the past couple days um one of the dogs penny doesn't really enjoy going out early mm-hmm. <laughs> the past <laughs> couple days she's been like yeah i'll go for the walk and we're like wow penny three days in a row and then we realized look at she thinks it's six fifteen instead of five fifteen. <laughs> she thinks that we're we going out her late. Dog brain. Ha! Huh. She's like, yeah, you guys are going out later. I'll go with you. And then she gets outside yeah, and I she's guess. like, what gives? It's still dark. Hey, what's up with this? That's very cute. Anyways, we uh, are here to talk about comic books. Um. We, uh, took a spin on the old X-Men dartboard after we (laughs) talked about Mr. Sinister last week. Uh, and it turns out there's, (laughs) like, a lot of pretty big X-Men that we still have not done. It was somehow so funny because, like, I opened the X-Men dartboard and I was like, huh, I haven't, uh, updated this in a while. I should probably, you know, double check and get rid of some people. And then I was like, Rogue, surely we did Rogue. Let me double check. Oh, no. Huh. Get, hold on. Wait, there's a bunch of people in here that we haven't done yet. <laughs> surely we have done just, this person. No, we've just yeah. talked about them a lot during other stuff. <laughs> yep. They've. Turns out we. there's still a lot of characters out there. That we haven't done on this podcast somehow. I didn't even have to do number random gener like random number generator on the X Men dartboard, which is its purpose. I just opened it up and <laughs> was like, "Oh shoot, yeah, we should talk about some <laughs> of these people." Because you sent me a list of people, and I was like, "I don't think a random number generator just happened to give Briar four extremely popular X Men." Gods, could you imagine? <laughs> It's like, oh, huh, okay. Um, anyways, uh, we are gonna kick things off with Alex Summers, uh, aka Havoc with a K. He deserves it. He, he, he deserves a K in his name. Um, you know, sometimes it's, sometimes you got magic with a K, you got Havoc with a K, it just, it's a... It's how you know this is a superhero name. So, uh, Havoc, as people are probably aware, is the younger brother of 
Scott Summers, Cyclops, uh, and that is a fact that really he cannot escape pretty much ever. Because it turns out when your older brother is like the leader of the X-Men and one of the most famous X-Men uh, and a really big deal, uh, you tend to have some feelings about it. You tend to feel some kind of way. I mean, and, and the way all, is all the enemies that Scott has made. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of relevant. Um, so, uh, Alex is introduced uh, in the 60s uh, during the original 60s X-Men run uh, after Stan Lee and Jack Kirby were no longer on the book, but before the sort of reboot, relaunch, reimagining situation in the 70s that introduced, you know, Wolverine and Storm and Nightcrawler and Colossus uh, and... All our other friends. All, yeah, all, 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 all their friends. Um, so in, in a weird sort of position, uh, Polaris is also, uh, in this position and it's just kind of the two of them, which is partly why the two of them get paired up so often and also why, like, a lot of times people don't know what to do with them because it's like, they're not part of the five original X-Men because they're not there at the start of the book and they don't show up for a while but they're also like kind of original X-Men <laughs> so they're in this weird kind of limbo space um Havoc is introduced as uh Scott's younger brother uh Scott <laughs> Tells the ex well, he tells the X-Men that he has a brother. Uh, and then he's like, My brother's graduating from college. Let's all go to his college graduation. Uh and I think I think at this point it's established that Scott is an orphan, but not like any of the stuff that happened. Um or it might it might be known that his parents died in a plane crash, but not um Definitely not the deranged stuff that happened after that, where he went to an orphanage run by um, a supervillain <laughs> geneticist <laughs> who was obsessed with him. <laughs> that comes later. Um, but we do know that uh, Scott and Alex are orphans. And Alex does not know that Scott has mutant powers or is a superhero. Um, Scott takes the X-Men to uh, go to Alex's graduation. I'm sure that goes great for everybody involved. <laughs> it goes, it's super normal for everyone. Um, Alex is immediately kidnapped by the living Pharaoh, who is a uh, supervillain. He's not actually, he's not actually like a, a Pharaoh. He's a he's an Egypt themed supervillain who was like an archaeologist who gained powers while he was like on an archaeological dig 
and became like an ancient Egypt themed supervillain. Um seems weird. I'm assuming yeah, he's a, a white man. <laughs> he he's not he's not a white man. Oh, interesting. There is that. Yes, he is a so, so progressive for the time. Yeah, incredible. Wow, we've really done it. Um this is this is where the bar is. <laughs> um made an Egypt themed super villain that's not white. <laughs> <laughs> um so the living pharaoh has the ability to uh absorb cosmic energy uh and release it in the form of like energy blasts uh and somehow he is determined that uh Alex also has this exact same power uh but it hasn't been awakened yet uh and he like needs to uh he needs to like absorb Alex's power in order to reach his full potential. Uh so he kidnaps Alex who has no idea what's going on. Um he's like please sir, I'm just a normal man. <laughs> he's like no you're not. <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> Look at you. Um you're in a comic book and- for Christ's sakes. <laughs> You're the, you are the younger sibling of a superhero. You've got, you've got an uphill battle. You've got three options. Become a hero, become a villain, or die. Yep, yep, pretty much. So, uh, he absorbs, uh, some of Alex's power. And when, for some reason, he, uh, when he, like, becomes more powerful, he starts calling himself the living monolith. Um, I don't really know why. Uh, Maybe he was tired of being Egypt-themed. Yeah. He's like, whatever. This is, like, vaguely Egyptian, I guess. Um, He's like, I need to branch out. What about (sighs) cosmic rays is necessarily Egyptian? The sun shines pretty much everywhere. Yeah, that's true. I'm a villain for Um, the people. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, so... The X-Men show up to save Alex and fight this guy. Uh, Alex obviously is like, oh my god, my brother's a superhero. Um, And uh, they stop the living monolith. Uh, (laughs) They're like, hey, Alex, you good? And he's like, no. Uh, because he, uh, just got kidnapped by a weird pharaoh guy. Uh, and also he has incredibly potent cosmic energy powers that he, uh, doesn't really have any control over. Um, which is a... Problem? Recurring... What? Which is a problem? Which is a problem, which is a problem for sure. It's also a, like, pretty big recurring element of Alex's character is struggling to control his powers. Um, which is really, again, the, like, duality of, like, him and Scott is, like, Scott has a power that he can't really control, and he's like, I'm going to channel this into, like, being the best X-Man 
and like the most, you know, heroic soldier that I can be in order to make up for having this power that I'm scared makes me dangerous. And Alex is like, I am going to run away from all of that stuff that you're doing as fast as I possibly can. <laughs> and somehow still constantly get roped back into it at every possible opportunity. Um, so Alex, as he is uh, struggling to get a handle on these newfound powers, is like, um, I am going to stay uh, in the desert where I can't hurt anybody. Uh, while I try to figure this out. Uh, so thanks, X-Men, for saving me. Uh, see you never. Um, and then he, uh, immediately gets kidnapped by Sentinels. <laughs> um, like, oh, dang. And, yeah. Why am I and so kidnappable? Ah, the... oh, jeez, ah, beans. Um, one of the Trasks, uh, gives Alex a, uh, code name and a like a suit that like lets him control his powers it basically like uh absorbs like contains the energy that he absorbs so he's able to like regulate when he releases it um and uh they're like well you have to wear this all the time and also uh you work for us now so the x-men show up and rescue him again. And then he is, they, for, they get, um, they get Carl Lycos to try and help him with his powers and somehow, like, absorbing Alex's excess energy is what turns him into Sauron, the pterodactyl man, <laughs> who wants to turn people into dinosaurs. Um, good incredible so yeah just a fun just a fun little detail um at some point they do the living pharaoh slash living monolith shows back up a couple times and is frequently uh fixated on alex and at some point they retcon in that like mr sinister did experiments on the living pharaoh and like he like came to mr sinister looking like to get more powerful and uh mr sinister like spliced in alex's dna with his dna and that's why their powers are like connected um and also apocalypse was maybe involved at some point but that's just sort of Apocalypse is involved with a lot of things at some point. Um, that's just his so whole deal. Fine. He likes being involved. Yeah. Um, they also at some point <laughs> retcon in uh, that once they like establish the whole thing with uh, Mr. Sinister's evil orphanage, um, they establish that uh, Scott and Alex, after their parents died, or after their Mom definitely died, and their dad seemingly died, but then it turns out he was uh, in space. Um, but after their parents died, they went to Mr. Sinister's evil orphanage, uh, and Mr. Sinister wanted to, like, like, felt that Scott was, like, had more 
potential out of the two of them, more like genetic potential or whatever. So he um, arranged to have Alex adopted uh, so that he didn't have to deal with him and also so that Scott would be more emotionally vulnerable. <laughs> um, Isolation, classic, and, classic tactic. Yeah, classic tactic if you're an evil, evil man. Um, and Alex was adopted by a, uh, relatively normal family, uh, whose biological son had, like, passed away, and at some point he and his adopted sister were kidnapped, uh, and Alex's powers kicked in, uh, and he killed the person who kidnapped them and uh mr sinister found out about this because obviously he's keeping tabs on this child even though he sent him away um and uh like he's like oh hey wait a second what, l- hey hold on hold on this kid can do crazy shit um he put like a psychic he like basically wiped alex's memory of this happening um so and then (laughs) for the rest of his childhood until he was in college he uh was not aware that he had any superpowers and they never like you know activated in any other situation until he got kidnapped by the living pharaoh (laughs) um so uh that's just you know just classic mr sinister meddling you know (laughs) you know how he be yeah. Um so uh after they rescue Alex from the Sentinels, uh and he accidentally helps turn a man into a dinosaur, um he's like, "Well, they did give me this costume that lets me control my powers. Uh so I guess I will join the X-Men." Um which is Again, around the same time that Polaris joins the team, uh, and the two of them start dating, and it, uh, it doesn't last, I mean, the relationship lasts for a very long time. Their stint on the team doesn't last very long, because again, this is, like, towards the later end of the original X-Men run, and they do also get kidnapped by Krakoa. Um, so when they, you know, form, uh, we've mentioned this a lot of times by now, when the new X-Men team is formed, this kind of rebooted X-Men team, uh, Professor X brings them together because the original X-Men have been kidnapped by Krakoa, the island. Uh, Havoc and Polaris are also there and kidnapped. But, like, this is what I mean. is like, that doesn't usually... It's, like, the original five X-Men and also Havoc and Polaris. It's like, hey, my little brother and his girlfriend are here, too. Can you help them? Can you help? Can... They've, they've got a whole... They've got a whole thing going on. But, uh... Once they get rescued, uh... Havoc and Polaris are like, cool, we're not, uh... We're not going to do superhero stuff anymore. Which, the other original X-Men are also like originally, so they can kind of step back. And then, except for, I think, Scott sticks around. 
maybe Scott, I think Scott and Jean stick around, but, uh, Hank and Bobby and Warren initially are like, okay, peace. Um, tired of getting kidnapped. <laughs> bye. Yeah. Bye. Um, but they're still kind of, you know, popping in and out and like doing stuff and having their own, uh, little adventures. But, uh, Alex and Lorna are like, no, we're, we're like, we're done. We don't want to do superhero stuff. We're going to go get our PhDs. <laughs> um, as if getting a PhD isn't also superhero stuff. Yeah, pretty much. So much learning. God. They move to, like, New Mexico, and they, uh, I think are living together, and, uh, going to school, and they, um, show up for X-Men stuff mostly in the context of, uh, helping Moira on Muir Island, where she's doing her, like, genetic research, um... And also, uh, Multiple Man is there. I think Siren is there. There's some other characters who are kind of, like, in that orbit, um, where they turn up. Uh, and, uh, I think Alex is the first one to find out that, uh, he and Scott's or maybe Scott finds out and then tells Alex. But they find out that their dad is alive um, and was in space and became a space pirate. Um, and uh, they also, uh, he is also there when Scott first meets Madeline Pryor, the mysterious woman who looks exactly like Jean Grey uh, after Jean Grey has died. What could it mean? Um, it means a lot of complicated stuff. Um, but, uh, eventually, uh, he ends up properly rejoining the team because, um, Lorna gets possessed, uh, by an evil entity called Malice. Uh, and Alex is like, well, I probably gonna need the X-Men's help to fix this, and I guess in the meantime, I'll just be on the X-Men. Um, he is part of the X-Men when the X-Men, uh, seemingly die and then are resurrected and then decide to, uh, let everyone believe that they're dead for now so they can work secretly, and they set up this secret base in Australia, uh, and while they are there, he, um, enters into a relationship with Madeline Pryor, who, uh, has since been, uh, <laughs> pretty unceremoniously abandoned by Scott after Jean Grey came back to life. Um, and Alex is like, hey, it's pretty shitty what my brother did to you. Are you okay? And she's like, I'm doing so normal. And he's like, awesome. <laughs> um, she's like, normal and, enough that I'm gonna date you, my ex's brother. My ex's little brother. And also, I'm gonna be doing some demon stuff. What? Don't worry about that part. <laughs> and it's like, no, I'm worried about all the parts. <laughs> I'm worried about everything that's happening. 
Um, but he is uh, dating Maddie when she finds out that she's a clone and she kind of uh, snaps and goes evil um, and starts trying to turn New York into hell. Um, and she, like, sort of, like, magically influences Alex to be on her it's like she's not really like mind controlling him it's like a combination of like the weird like hell and like energies manipulating everyone and also magic and also he does genuinely like her and want to help her um but so he ends up helping her fight the x-men for part of this before he uh they eventually snap him out of it um and then uh after that he goes on a little uh road trip adventure with wolverine (laughs) who does i feel like a lot of x-men could use a road trip with wolverine yeah, it's like that that Avatar joke about yeah, yeah, like yeah. life changing field trip with Zuko. Yeah, it's like yeah, life changing road trip with Wolverine. Um, yeah, there's a little mini series where they just go on a road trip together, and then they uh they have to fight this villain called Meltdown that is you know trying to use Havoc's energy powers to absorb a bunch of energy because people love to do that. Um. But, uh, ultimately they, they stop him and they, you know, the road trip succeeds. Um, and then after that is, uh, when Genosha happens. Um, so there's this magic artifact thing that's, like, connected to... Otherworld and like the Captain Britain kind of lore called the Siege Perilous. That's like a magic gateway that you like go through and you like lose your memories and it gives you like a new like it like sends you to some sort of like fate that it feels like you deserve. It's a it's a weird like mystical kind of thing, but the X Men end up needing to use it. Um to get away from some villain. Uh, and Alex ends up in Genosha, uh, the, uh, country that has, uh, like, is like a mutant apartheid state that is like enslaved mutants. Um, and he ends up there with no memories. And, (laughs) But uh, comic books aren't political at all. It's yeah, not a commentary yeah, about anything. It, it, this is about absolutely, it's not relevant to anything and we shouldn't worry about it. And it's just something that some people made up in their brains that has no connection to anything in the real world. Anything um, that could happen or has happened or will happen. Yeah, of course. Um, but he ends up in Genosha. He has no memories. He doesn't know he's a mutant. Uh, and he ends up like becoming a... Uh, like, high-ranking, like, Genosian official, uh, and this is where, I think we talked about this a little bit when we talked about Rain, uh, but Rain Sinclair, Wolfsbane, who's been, uh, captured and brainwashed by Genosha, 
is like psychically bonded to him uh and then after the two of them like get out of genosha and get their like memories back and everything they still have like a lingering psychic bond um that makes rain feel like fixated on him and it's it's very it's it's not it's not great it's not a great time for either of them um unfortunately uh they do obviously they uh the x-men eventually discover that he's in genosha they're able to uh like snap him out of it and he's able to uh fake like not having his memories back for long enough to uh stop cameron hodge's evil plan which is a cool that's like i always love that move where it's like Oh, no, it didn't work. We couldn't snap him out of it. It's like, you did, but he's faking, so he can get an advantage. Um, but, uh, once that's all settled, uh, he and Rain and Lorna, uh, join the new X-Factor, which is, like, the government liaison version of X-Factor, where Alex is the leader for a while, um, and then they, uh, go through a lot. (laughs) Um, he's dealing with, uh, Lorna being back, and, uh, the whole thing with Rain, and then the legacy virus happens, and Jamie Madrox, who's on the team, dies from the legacy virus, and Alex feels really bad, um, and, uh, <laughs> Mr. Sinister's around being weird, um, and, uh, it's, it's, it's a lot. It's a, it's a whole time. Um, and then Age of Apocalypse happens, and then, uh, Alex, once again, after Age of Apocalypse, gets brainwashed into being evil by Dark Beast, um, and then snaps out of it, uh, and then he is seemingly killed by this time travel device. Uh, but it turns out it it time traveled him. him. It time traveled it time and space and reality traveled him. Oh uh, no! This time travel it, device killed him. Or or <laughs> um, it catapults him into an alternate universe where uh. Scott was also, like, taken by the Shi'ar after the plane crash and ended up in space with their dad. And Alex was the one who ended up, like, becoming the leader of the X-Men. Uh, and in this reality, Madeline Pryor is alive and she and Alex are married and they have a son. Um, and there's, like, a whole, like pretty long-running series called Mutant X that's just about Alex's, uh, various adventures in this alternate dimension. Um, and then it's, like, like, the original Alex of this reality who he replaced shows up, and it turns out he's a jerk. Um, and Alex just, like, tells him to leave, because he's like, I'm doing a way better job than you are, other Alex. Um, and then... Ultimately, he ends up uh, sacrificing himself to save this reality 
and it sends him back to the regular reality where he came from. Uh, and he ends up in a coma where he is um, being taken care of by this nurse named Annie Gazakanian. He's like a John Doe at this hospital. They just found this like random comatose blonde guy. Um, and this nurse is taking care of him. And she has a son who has like psychic powers, but I think she doesn't know he has psychic powers. And her son is like using his powers like without really real he's like young he's like a six-year-old boy he's like without really realizing what he's doing he's like creating a psychic bond between annie and alex like in their dreams um so annie's like falling in love with this comatose man um and then uh man eventually... i keep dreaming about my patient weird weird um I should probably, like, not continue taking care of him because this seems like a weird ethics situation. I'm having, um, like, weird feelings about this man that is in my care. Um, I should switch shifts. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, eventually, Alex, uh, wakes up. Uh, he, the X-Men, like, come and find him, and he comes back to the X-Mansion, and, uh... Annie and her son also moved to the X-Mansion because they're like, well, we, uh, we could use somebody with medical expertise here. Uh, and she also wants to continue keeping an eye on Alex. And she's kind of fixated on him. And um, also her son is a telepath. <laughs> her son is a telepath. That's important. What um, better place for a telepath child than with telepath adults? Where he yeah, can learn yeah, yeah. to not make inadvertent psychic bonds between adults. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, once Alex is awake, he starts developing, like, actual feelings for Annie. But then at the same time, um, Lorna shows up, uh, who has also been uh, going through it extremely um, and she proposes to Alex, and he's like, um, and everyone's like, that's a yes, probably. Um, so Lorna starts, uh, like, planning the wedding. Oh, and no. You can't start planning a <sighs> wedding off of an um. Yeah, you really can't. And Alex is like, I don't know how to tell her that I am not sure how I feel, and also I might be in love with this nurse. Um, and Alex calls the wedding off, and Lorna, who again has been going through it a lot, um, snaps <laughs> and tries to kill Alex and also Annie. Oh my uh, god, girl, just and... cut, just give yourself bangs or something. <laughs> yeah, for real. Um, and, uh, eventually they manage to, uh, calm her down and uh get her some help and she's like boy okay well sorry about that um anyway <laughs> eventually uh annie 
leaves because she uh, feels like it's not safe at the mansion because of all of the really? people trying to kill them and blow them up. Really? And no, no shit. Um, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and she asks Alex to come with her, but he says no because he feels like he has a responsibility to the X-Men. Uh, so they break up. Um, and then, uh, there is a whole storyline where, um, he and Lorna, along with a bunch of other people, are in space trying to stop Vulcan, um, who is a whole... Vulcan is the secret third Summer's brother, um who it's revealed that uh, before before Professor X assembled the team of Wolverine and Storm and all those guys to go to Krakoa and rescue the original X-Men, there is another team uh, that he assembled prior to that uh, that was formed of students that Moira was teaching who were mutants, but who she was... Uh, not like didn't want them to be like a combat field team she was just like teaching them like normal <laughs> normal life skills and uh here's how to balance a checkbook and here's how to suppress your powers <laughs> yeah uh charles sent those students to try and rescue the original x-men and they all got killed and then charles wiped everyone's memory that they ever existed except for one of them at least one of them i think some others uh, one of them survived, and he was also the secret third summer's brother. Um, and this is, this is deranged. This is just very, very, this is, like, the mid-2000s, I want to say. Like, very comic book nonsense. Um, anyways, and now he's in space, and he's evil, and he wants revenge. And Alex and Lorna and a bunch of other people go... To try and stop him, there's a whole uh, Shi'ar war happening. Um, they uh, end up getting captured by Vulcan, and they're, like, imprisoned for a long time, and they get, like, tortured, uh, and finally they uh, manage to escape and get back to Earth in time to join X-Factor Investigations um, because uh, Jamie Madrox has just died again <laughs> and now they need a leader for X-Factor except for it's, it turns out Jamie isn't dead and it's like... Like, Jamie's another character where it's very easy to, like, kill him off and then be like, that wasn't the real Jamie. That was a duplicate. The real Jamie was over here, hiding, or whatever. Um, so it will ultimately turn out Jamie wasn't really dead. But in in the time being, the two of them join X-Factor Investigations. Um, and then, after that, uh, he... Alex leaves X-Factor and is asked to join um, the Avengers Unity Squad, which is a team that's formed by Captain America after uh, Avengers vs. X-Men because Steve is like, I feel bad about um, 
how we were fighting, and I think that uh, the Avengers could do better about, you know, mutant issues. So I'm forming a team of mutants and non-mutants to work together as a new team of Avengers. So Alex joins that. Uh, he starts dating uh, Janet Van Dyne. Um, and then somehow for like the second time, he ends up, this is like briefer, but he once again ends up like sent into an alternate reality where he and Jan are like married and they have a kid. <laughs> and it's like, how does, the, if I had a nickel, I would have two <laughs> nickels, which isn't that many, but it's weird that it happened twice. Um, Alex, you gotta be careful. You you gotta stop letting this happen. Um, Maybe the answer is to stop dating people. Yeah, I mean, I'll 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 say this: Alex's romantic history so far has not worked out all that well. I mean, who's ever does? Who's ever does? Especially in comics, but it's like it's it's been it's been a real real roller coaster. I mean, like, you've got what? Um, Clark Kent? <laughs> yeah. That's one. Um, th- th- but I feel like there's, like, it's not always this, like, spectacularly bad. You know, like, it's not always, like, my girlfriends keep going evil and trying to kill me. Um, speaking of which, uh, well, we're t- t- almost to this part. So... After Avengers vs. X-Men, there's this very, um, (laughs) this event called Axis, where a bunch of, um, characters get their quote-unquote morality reversed because of a spell, um, and because, you know, morality is like a thing that exists on a straight line where good's at one end and evil's at one end, and you are innately somewhere along the line, and if you do magic right, you can just flip it to the opposite place on the line. Um, and that's what happens to Alex. It happens to a lot of people, but it's notable for Alex because, um, he ends up staying that way after almost everyone else has been switched back to normal. Um, (laughs) He's like, no, no, I like being evil. I like being evil. I've had it up to here with being good. All being good Uh, gets me is kidnapped and sent to alternate realities. Aren't you tired of being nice? Don't you just want to go apeshit? Um, so he, uh, is evil for a little while. He teams up with Emma when Emma is, uh, trying to basically destroy the Inhumans in, uh, Inhumans versus X-Men. Um, he, um, ultimately, uh, gets switched back to normal with, uh, Emma's help to, like, telepathically undo the morality switch thing. So that, um, happens. She gets tired of like, working with them. <laughs> she's like, I actually, I hate evil Alex. He sucks. <laughs> evil Alex um, is a buzzkill. You guys can have him back. <laughs> Yeah, bye. Um, so all of that happens, uh, 
pretty much right before Krakoa. Uh, I think it, I think maybe, I think Alex dies like right after this because a bunch of characters get killed and then they all get brought back on Krakoa. Um, he gets brought back on Krakoa and he's not, <laughs> he's not doing good. Um, he's had, uh, the whole being evil for, like, a significant period of time thing is just sort of the cherry on top of, like, a whole bunch of shit that's been happening to him. And he is, like, doing quite bad. Um, and so the Quiet Council, um, has him join the Hellions, uh, which is a team... <laughs> Organized by Mr. Sinister, which is, first of all, like, don't put Alex on the Mr. Sinister team. It's messed up. He's gonna be weird about it. Um, but the Hellions are a team of, like, basically, like, problem children. Like, either, like, formerly evil mutants or, like, mutants who are, like, really going through it. And they're like, this is therapy. This is the therapy team. Alex, go be on the therapy team. Um, and then, like, one of the first things that happens on the therapy team is uh, they find out that uh, Madeline Pryor is back. And she's uh, built her own secret base in the, like, Mr. Sinister's former lab under the evil orphanage. Um... And she's cloning a bunch of the Marauders and, like, brainwashing and torturing them because, um, of the time that they, uh, killed her and kidnapped her baby. Or tried to kill her and did kidnap her baby. And, uh, Alex is, uh, not doing well with the revelation that Madeline is alive and evil again and is trying to talk to her. And then she's like, actually, I'm going to use you to do like, a, a, an evil spell to get revenge on the X-Men, and then, uh, one of the other Hellions shoots her, and then she dies in Alex's arms, and then he's really upset, and then he goes to talk to the Quiet Council, and he's like, can we resurrect Madeline? Because we've resurrected all of these other, like, <laughs> evil people who live on Krakoa now, and they're like, no, we can't because she's a clone and we have a policy against resurrecting clones um, because it's complicated with the resurrection process. And Alex is like, what the, what the fuck? So he uh, just spends pretty much all of his time and energy trying to convince the council to bring Madeline back. Um... Which they ultimately do at the end of Hellions. Um, partly because they have to rescind their whole clone thing. Because um, Gabby slash Scout slash Honey Badger, who is a clone of Laura Kinney, uh, is killed at the Hellfire Gala. And um, all of her uh, friends on the New Mutants are like, hey, bring her back. And they're like, okay, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I guess we gotta bring this child back. And then she comes back, and then she's like, clones have rights! And they're like, ah, oh, shit, I guess clones do have rights. Um, so they ultimately- Maybe we, the X-Men, should realize the rights of other sentient people. Yeah, right? Like, hello! Um, so they ultimately 
bring back Madeline. Um, she, uh, Alex gets to see her and she's like, hey, it's good to see you, but I like need some time. <laughs> um, and currently the two of them are, uh, Maddie has like taken some of her time. Um, and currently the two of them are starring in Dark X-Men, uh, post Fall of X where uh, Maddie is in charge of the Limbo Embassy um, in New York that is providing, like, a sanctuary to, like, a lot of mutants uh, and is also, like, she's formed a team of dark X-Men uh, to, you know, help fight against... Orcus and everyone else who's trying to basically destroy all mutants. And Alex is there with her and he's like, Maddie, I love um, what you're doing. Could you do it with less murder? And she's like, no. Why would I Appreciate do that? Appreciate the input. <laughs> Why would I do that? And he's like, well, okay. I support you. <laughs> um. So, uh, that's, uh, that's where we're at with Alex Summers currently. Um, guy who has really, truly been through the ringer. Good luck to him. <laughs> good, you know, it's hard good out luck, there buddy. being Cyclops' younger brother. God. Like, finding out you're the leader of the X-Men's brother, just not, not a good time for any brother of Scott Summers. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it just, it never, it never goes well. Um, anyways, uh, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about or say or add, etc.? Well, I didn't read any comics, um, <laughs> but anybody on our Discord will know that I did watch, um, the entirety so critical role's been doing this thing called candela obscura which is <laughs> a like a horror mini series sort of thing so it's in like little three episode arcs um i say little but it's still you know a crit roll episode so each episode is like four hours <laughs> yes but it is little for crit roll so, to do yeah three of them it's like 12 hours per arc approximately, unless you're the six-and-a-half-hour finale of Needle and Thread. Um. Oh, Christ. Yeah. I mean, that includes, like, the break, the ten-minute break, everything, right? But, oh my god. Um, <laughs> but still! I was like, oh, I need to watch something. Uh, do I want to start a Dimension 20 season that I haven't watched yet? Or do I want to watch Candela Obscura? And then I was like, oh, I, uh, the finale of Can of Candela Obscura, Needle and Thread, which is the second arc, uh, they're not connected. So you can just jump in at any arc. Um, I'm like, oh, the finale is tonight. I'll watch the first two episodes and then watch the finale. <laughs> so I spent, let's see, that one was six and a half and the other two were four. I spent about 14 hours watching <laughs> in a 24-hour period 
watching Candela Obscura needle and thread while hand sewing <laughs> some silver embroidery thread onto my sleeves for Essek. And um, I haven't been able to sew for a couple of days. I'm starting slow uh, darning a sock right now because my hands hurt. <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't been able to, like, really read or watch anything else because I keep thinking about Brennan Lee Mulligan's character, Sean Fitterty, and all of the choices he made. Um, uh-huh. Although, that's a lie. I did kind of trick my brain by watching <laughs> Pokemon, because <laughs> apparently that's on Netflix right now. Uh-huh. You know, the Pokemon from our childhoods that I somehow didn't watch even though I collected the cards. <laughs> Um, so my brain has just been, uh, Sean Finnerty, and I will travel across the land searching far and wide. <laughs> I- Love that. Yeah, I took some, uh, screenshots today when the, um, Candela episode dropped on YouTube, so, uh, tomorrow when I go into town, I can go to thrift stores and try to find- a specific plaid shirt. <laughs> it doesn't have to be the exact same one, but I do want the design, the, like, actual plaid to be very similar. Yes. Because I care about details. Yes. <sighs> Boy, howdy. Um, did you read anything? Um, yes, I did the, uh... Fourth and final issue of the uh, Magneto miniseries came out this past week. I thought it was six issues, but it was four, which is fine. I de I definitely would have read more issues, but... Um, it, it's always disappointing it when you think there's more of a thing, and then you're like, oh, wait. Yes. I wasn't ready. Oh, no. Um, but it uh, was very cute throughout, a very, like, sweet touching ending just like a very like very charming read overall um and uh also uh marvel announced a new x-men miniseries uh written by kieran gillen coming out next year as part of the rise of the rise fall fall of the House of X, Rise of the Powers of X thing. I would love for them to give, like, have a more cohesive name for this. Um, so I think Kieran Gillen is writing one of the two series that's part of that, but he's also writing a miniseries uh, called X-Men Forever that is a uh, part of the kind of, you know finale of the Krakoa age, um, of, uh, which the summary, <laughs> here are the first three sentences of the, like, official, like, solicit summary that they put out. Haunted House of X. How can you kill a digital god? What you, what do you do when the phoenix is bleeding out into nothing? And I was like, every word of this <laughs> is so so tasty to me. <laughs> Just like handcrafted to grab my attention. How do you kill a digital god? 
I would love to know, Kieran Gillen, <laughs> specifically, how we do this. Um, so, uh, yeah, pretty hype about that. Um, and I think that's all I had to talk about for right now. Um, if you lovely people want to keep up with us, you can follow us online at Capes and Japes on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, Facebook. Um, you can send us an email to capesandjapes at gmail.com. Uh, we have a Discord server uh, where you can see Briar lose his mind about Candela Obscura <laughs> if you so choose. It was actually you posting the Candela Obscura spoilers did get multiple people in the Discord like, I guess I gotta watch this now. So I um, mean, look, it's not... I will not take credit for that. I give full credit to um, specifically Brennan Lee Mulligan, Luis Car- uh, Cazaro, and oh no, I can't remember Spencer's last name, but he's the GM of this one. <laughs> he made the game. <laughs> Sorry, Spencer. <laughs> That's fine. Um, yeah, well, congratulations to them. But uh, yeah, come join the Discord, or maybe you will also be enticed to watch this. Um, we have a Patreon. If you want to support us on there, you can get bonus content, watch stuff with us, help us pick what we talk about. Um, if you don't feel like doing that, but you want to help out the show in another way, uh, leaving a rating and review is a very cool way to do that. Uh, telling a friend about the show if you think they might be interested in it. And just coming back and joining us as you've done once again. So thank you for being with us for this episode of Capes and Japes. I have been Olivia. And I have been Briar. And as always, don't be one of Scott Summer's family members. In fact, if you see the man, turn the other way. It, it's just good advice, generally. Oh, I forgot to stop recording. <laughs> <laughs>